Sometimes in life you find yourself on the right side of the line, where the skies open up and cast a towering shadow, guarding you from the worst life has to offer. And then... That same sky rips away that warm blanket from your clutching arms and casts it into the night. Now, you are on the wrong side of the line. And that's why I'm here, to keep you in line. A line we call the Dry Line. Round two. Round two, part two, whatever you want to call it. This is episode, what is this episode? Episode 37 of the Dryline Farmer Podcast. We are excited. Everybody's listening. Everybody's downloading. Everybody's tuning in. Landon, how's it going today, brother? Oh, it's going good, Brent. How are you? Oh, I couldn't be better. Back from vacation. Had a great time in the southern tropics of the Bahamas and Nassau. Had a good time and... uh Vacations are always wonderful. They're always a great idea, but after about four days, you're ready to come home, even if that home is actually underneath the dust of the Saharan Desert. That's right. The Saharan Desert of Africa has blown over the entire state of Texas, let alone parts of the United States. So that's always great and look wonderful to look forward to. Landon, did you have a big week last week while I was gone? I had a pretty big week. I had a had a birthday. Got to, got to go eat at the old Kabuki. Mm-hmm. And... In Amarillo. That's, oh, that's the restaurant, okay. So when it never rains here, you go to the restaurant where it rains inside. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a pretty upscale place. My uh, my son, my seven year old, he's not too. He's still kind of has a hard time getting over the whole open flame thing. I'm like, dude, it's raining in here. They're gonna put it out. But <laughs> I don't know. He trips out a little bit in it, so we have to kind of talk him off the ledge a little bit. Speaking of that, Brent, did you see any rain on your vacation? You know what? It's supposed to rain like every day down there for like 15 or 20 minutes, like a mountain shower. It rained like it it rained a little bit more than it rained here, which is I guess for vacation's sake that's pretty good because uh you don't really want it to rain when you're going outside because we were on the beach and playing golf and all that stuff and it rained for like maybe five minutes while we were there. But uh so yeah. We even brought the curse of the southwest Texas panhandle with us to the Bahamas, if that's well, even possible. I hope you left it there. Well <laughs> I mean landed at this point it's kind of over with, isn't it? I mean it's gonna be it's August today or tomorrow when this thing comes out. Well, we don't we don't want you to leave it there because then we'll have all the Bahamans coming this way. The Bahamians, yeah, I know. Well, if it doesn't rain there, I guess the avocado market will spike through the roof. But, you know. <laughs> nice. And I do like my guac. Ooh, I hate that term guac. Just guacamole. Hey, what are we even talking about? This is episode 37, and we're at avocado. That's a good little segue, Landon, except it's a good food. So, uh, yeah, this is part two of our food talk, our food network star, whatever you want to call it. But uh, we're going to finish off with some foods that Americans actually eat. We're going to stay within the borders and within the seashore of the United States of America. That's right. And after that, we're going to have a little debate between me and Landon on whether alcohol really does taste good because we both drink but one of us is willing to admit that no it's probably not very tasty at all that's why you have to do other stuff alongside with it so that's in our main segment this week but uh yeah and before we go any further we want to make sure everybody knows where to find the dryland farmer podcast that's 
at Trader Brent. That's my handle, and that's where you're going to find this thing dropping on every Wednesday morning. At Trader Brent, and Landon's going to have some kind of quippy, snappy line when he whenever it drops because he always tags his uh, tweet in there with it. And what is that Twitter handle, Landon? At tra- oh no, it's no twit Landon forty four. You just wish it was Trader Brent. Yeah. I better, I better not get, I better not get too up and high and mighty because I think let's let's see what Landon's followers are. I'm gonna have to check to see. No twit Landon. There he is, Joe Landon Nolan. Oh hey, it's really there. He has w- wait a minute, one thousand two hundred and sixty five followers. What the hell? What in the holy hell is that? I have got fewer followers than my co-host does. That is grade A bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, I can see why. It's because you're following 200 more people than I am. So, you know, some people don't have to buy their friends like you do, Landon. Throw enough, throw enough hooks in the in the water, you're going to catch some fish, Brent. Yeah, well, you've got a trot line of crap because there's no way you legitimately have five more followers than me. You know how long I've been on Twitter, like five or six years. You've been on this thing for like 30 seconds. Boy, you're not going to you're not gonna <laughs> thank anything to this podcast you're on, are you? Maybe my puns are, are getting through to people. God, if that's it, I don't want... <laughs> if that's yeah, right, yeah. I don't want to be... If that's wrong... I don't know how. What's the saying? <laughs> Brent, you don't you don't want to be followed by the people that like those. <clears throat> yeah, let's see. Oh, I don't know. Candy, Candy Crush nine two eight, Tiffany forty seven, Russian five. Yeah, those sound like legitimate followers. I, I'm surprised they didn't. They survived that Twitter purge they had the other day, Landon. <laughs> Jeez, man. But I so I don't feel so bad after all. But yeah. So anyway, but uh, we we're talking about platforms. Yeah. So. Twitter, you're also going to find us on Apple Podcasts, that's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those good places. So, yeah, talking today, we're talking the rest of our nasty foods that we come across and our uh, Googling and all that good stuff. But uh, had a little incident this morning on the farm, since this is a dryline farmer podcast. Uh, went to go. Fortunately, I didn't look at my phone in the middle of the night. It didn't wake me up. I still had it on silent. That was nice because my sprinkler texted me at about 2 o'clock in the morning saying it was stopped. So fortunately, I didn't have to lay there all night ignoring it because that's what I exactly what I would have done. So woke up and got up and saw it was uh, stopped and uh, it's been stopped for like four or five hours. So got over there about 730 and went and saw what was wrong on the second second span. That's like, see, those 100, so like 350 feet into the, fi- the edge of the field. And these are all circles, mind you. I had a, went and checked to see what was wrong. It was a little mistater, a motor. Center drive that went out, that burned up, that I just already replaced once this year. So uh, I'm like, all right, that's not too bad. So I went back, got the pickup, went back to the barn, got a four, got my four wheeler, got uh, the motor, got some tools. Anyway, I'm like, all right. So and before I left the field, I looked down the sprinkler track. Now sprinkler tracks go in circles, as you would might have assumed. Anyway, so this thing, I looked down there, and there's a row missing due to the track, the sprinkler track. And I uh, and it was dry, so I'm like, well, you know what? Instead of walking the 350 feet through this corn, carrying this motor and all my tools, well, I'll just get on my four wheeler and drive all the way. You know, it's a little over halfway around for my straight rows. So I'm like, all right, that won't be too bad. That'll send me some muscle and send me some um, time and all that. So anyway, do that. Get in there, load the four wheeler up, motor, tools, and everything. Straddle the sprinkler truck going all the way around to the sprinkler where it stopped. Let's get in there, park. And I'm there for like, it takes me 15, 20 minutes tops to change this thing out at the most. 
So got it. I'm like, all right, man, this is nice. I didn't have to walk through the corn carrying that motor, everything. Get on my four-wheeler, get ready to head back. And this son of a bitch falls off in the side of the sprinkler track. And this track's, you know, we've only been running, landing for what, a straight 70, 75 days of irrigation. I'd say at least, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's been a short trip around the circle. So anyway, the, spr- the what I'm getting at there is the sprinkler track is a little deep. I'm saying it's getting close to, it's not knee deep yet, but it's getting there. Anyway, so it's high-centered, to say the least. So long story short, I get stuck there, and what I thought was going to be a 15-minute fix, which it's supposed to be, an hour and 20 minutes later, I get that damn thing out of there, wore the hell out because I wanted to save 360 feet of carrying a motor. It's not like I'm carrying a 350 or a 454 through the field. I mean, it's like a... It's like a, I don't know what, a 10-pound piece of equipment. It's not bad, but... Hey, Brent, Brent, does that thing got a Hemi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I almost blew a Hemi out when I tried to get that damn foiler out. God almighty. I got out, and I rocked it back and forth, and I made a little progress, and I I bucked it to the left and right, forward and back, and finally I decided, like, well, if I get that, mo- that little... It's a cylindrical-shaped motor, about a foot long, and anyway, I'm like, well, if I put it under a tire, maybe I can lift it up and get it out. So I did that, and sure enough, it worked. I got up out of the track, and I go about 20 feet. I'm like, all right, it's dry now. I can go back and straddle because I hate to run over corn. And that was <laughs> that was the second time I got crabs. No, <laughs> that's what it felt like. But uh, anyway, so yeah, falls off of the track again, and I'm just kicking myself and kicking myself for this. So anyway, so I do some more bucking and more swaying and all that. And after... You know, like I said, another 45 minutes. Total time I was out there was an hour and a half. And an hour of that was not related to fixing the sprinkler. Hmm. Stinks like sex in here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, super troopers if you need them. Yeah. Anyway, so I get this thing out. Now it's starting to get hot. The four-wheeler is. And it's starting to go on the low fuel light. So, fortunately, I know that that thing goes forever on low fuel. So, this morning was next to hell. Because not only did I have to go out in the corn, I had to look at where the mites hurt my corn. And probably where some drought hurt it. So, uh, I had to stare at that piece of crap corn for, you know, 45 minutes. And my dog, to top it all off, my freaking great Dane, he goes out there with me. He... Of course, you know he can he can gather he can gather up ten yards in four strides. But anyway, he's barking at me because I'm laying on my back about to pass out, and he I don't know if he's worried about me or he's telling me to get up off my ass or what it is. But he gives you it gives me those kind of barks. You know, I think he was concerned for me, but nonetheless, uh, that didn't really help any. So long story short, I got out of there and. Went back to start checking everything. So that was my morning, Landon. I hope you had a nice time at the co-op drinking coffee and reading, you know, the funnies. Oh, yeah. Old Beetle Bailey and Sarge, they're still at it. Oh, Blondie, man. She's pretty hot, dude. We had a go. We need to have a comics hot contest, like Blondie and <laughs> well, who is that fat chick? Kathy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, family Circus. Eek, yak. What does Kathy always say? Eek or something. <laughs> yeah, the mom <laughs> on Family Circus, man, she had some freaking curves, too. I, I think we've already got our next episode lined out. So, hey, we've getting along in this segment. we got to get to those nasty foods in our alcohol debate. So, Red Ricardo, he's going to be eating some crow this week because he was all giddy and all that stuff last week about this big forecast he had that he was going to give us give us all these uh, positive outlooks and it was going to rain like hell. So he's got a little crow to eat. 
And our sponsor this week, Landon, Dr. Henry's Toilet Screen Health Gauge. It's related to bad foods. Um, we'll let the ad speak for itself. All of that. And then... <laughs> Brennan, I think mine's on back order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Now, that one was good. That, that'll get you another 10 followers from those Russian bots and, you know, <laughs> sex slaves in Cambodia or something. Anyway. Hey, all of that and then the debate, the great alcohol debate. So, stay with us. It's time to get excited about your bowel movements. This is Dr. Henry. Yes, it's a taboo subject in some circles of society, but here at Dr. Henry's Institute of Bowel Obstructions, we bring you Dr. Henry's Toilet Screen Health Gauge. Are you a little confused on your regularity? Are you in a haze, in a daze about where you should be in life when it comes to... Well, think no more, because this innovative patent-pending health gauge will answer all your questions without any doubt about it. Dr. Henry Toilet Screen Health Gauge. It's pretty much what it sounds like. It's basically like trying to crack through a screen door, except this screen door is in the loving, comfortable little nook of your man's bathroom. That's right, you just take this makeshift screen door and put it in between your little hiney and that toilet seat that God gave you to sit on. If you make it through it, you call us to it. If you don't make it through it, well, just leave it to yourself and just turn, flip it over and you know what to do with the rest. But hey, if you can crap through a screen door, then you want to call us. Dr. Henry's Toilet Screen Health Gauge. It's got five separate settings for different openings. Yes, you might have kind of problems and then you might have big problems and we want to have an exact line when you call our customer service toll-free number at 1-800-333-CRAP every day we're open 24 7 and especially during Cinco de Mayo because we know that's when you have your worst problems you call us I'm Dr. Henry and if I'm not in Mrs. Dr. Henry will answer the phone Dr. Henry's Toilet Screen Health Gauge, where your answers are our questions or something like that. Dr. Henry's Toilet Screen Health Gauge, call us soon. Okay, my told man, I admit I left when I was wrong, man, my told man, this, you see this forecast, man, this is a can't miss. Hey, 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 this is Radar Ricardo, De La Serio, bringing your Dragon Farmer Podcast weather update. Well, Brent, I, hey, I'll admit when I'm wrong, but though, I mean, you know, last week it missed. It missed bad, you know, but what can you say, you know, hey, is it, this is the only shop you can get, man, where you can be wrong like 90% of the time and still keep your shop, man, but though, I mean, come on, look at hitters, they hit it, they only hit the ball in like the major leagues like not even 30% of the time, but though, and if they hit it 30% of the time, but though, man, they're like all-stars and stuff, but man, hey, Okay, I'm sorry about that, man, but you know, I can't get them all. Hey, but check out this, Bato. You can look at that five to seven day quantitative analysis, man, Bato. It's good. It looks like some, like, 19-year-old college co-ed chica went to, a, like, a frat party and, like, drank all the 
trash can punch and then like puked it up all over a map of the United States of America, bato. Because, man, you ought to look at it. It's like all over Texas. It's like yellow and purple and blue and all that stuff, man, bato. Like in the heart of, like deep in the heart of Texas, man. It's all like red and yellow, man. I know that's not where you live. You live in the upper part of it, man. But, hey, it's going to be, it's going to be wet this man, man. Bato, next week, if I'm wrong, man, I, I own up to it again, bato, you know. But, hey, you know. It's just, that's, that's the way this job goes, you know, it's like farming, Bato, it's, nothing's guaranteed. Hey, this week, <laughs> this week's, seriously, seriously, Brit, I mean, come on, Bato, the sponsor, Dr., what is it, Dr. Somebody's Health Screen, man, you put this thing over your pizza toilet lid, man, and if you can crap through it, that means you got the jit, so you have to go call this doctor up, man, Bato, I, I don't know what else to say, Bato, man. Look at the window and check the weather, man. Because if you have this contraption in your toilet, man, then you got more you got more problems than constipation. Bato, I mean, you got mental issues. Hey, 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 this is Radar Ricardo. Did I say yo? Back to you. I think next week will be better. <laughs> I hope so, Lynn. <laughs> We're trying to get a whole new setup here in the basement because we just moved it down here. Downstairs. But, uh, no, thanks, Ricardo, for that report. I'm glad that you... Uh, you're willing to admit when you're wrong and admit when you got overexcited. So, you know, not everybody can say that. So, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it, Landon. Bad foods, crappy foods, and I don't think we're going to have time for alcohol. But we'll probably have time for alcohol once this thing's over with. So, here we go. Okay, Landon, first thing on the list here. You know, we last week we uh, talked about all the foods, that, and they all had to do with foreign countries, mostly over in Asia. And, uh, oh, what was the other one? Was the one in South America? I don't know. This week we're focusing on the free world. That's right, the West, and specifically the North American continent and the United States of America. We're going with numero uno one, oysters. Nobody thinks these things taste good. I don't care how many dozens of, you know, dozens and dozens of oysters you go to get at Papa Do's. I don't care how many are on the half shell. They're on the plate of ice, and people are all, oh, yeah, oh, this, just look, this is wonderful. Check out this big hawk and loogie I've got on this half shell that was probably in the, or, on the seabed underneath a bunch of tilapia, which tilapia are just a bunch of bottom-eating, poo-eating fish. And uh, people are just lapping these things up like they're a whole bunch of chocolate truffles that are sitting on their plates. When the first thing I got, the first time I ever had oyster landing was uh, it was a it was a ride of passage in the stock show season. Whenever we'd go to Austin or not Austin, but Houston, San Antonio, and Fort Worth, we'd always you'd have to always suck down an oyster there, at the fancy seafood restaurant, and then you were kind of made, you know, even though you're about to get the gate the next day with your Angus that got classed out. But uh, so yeah, you're all sitting around the table, and even your parents are. For, it's like your parents are hazing you for a livestock show, anyway. And they force you to get this oyster. You get it on your cracker, and then you douse it in red sauce, and then maybe a little horseradish if you really want to spice things up. But everybody's sitting around the table, like, oh yeah, they're good. Everybody loves oysters. You go to the stock show, everybody loves oysters. No, they don't. They're sitting there with that crap-eating grin like they're, they're fixing to watch you take a bite out of somebody's butt because they dared you to. And, Landon, you said earlier, yeah, you said it in our failed recordings that you've never had oysters. Tell me all about that. How did you get out? I know you showed hogs as a kid. Yeah, Brent, I think when we went to San Antonio, we'd just go eat over by the river walk, and I think like the second time we did that, it was 
where we were at, it was dry. It just smelled like raw fish ass. It was, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> a fresh fish ass, a fish ass is pretty bad in itself, you know. I don't know, raw and you said it was dried up. Yeah, I don't know if it's a whole thing or just where we were, but yeah, it was it was bone dry. Yeah, they must have dry. I guess they drained at that time of the year. But anyway, yeah. So oysters. You're not kidding anybody, you know, Mr. Fancy Guy with the $400 felt hat and uh, your cheap cheap sunglasses. But uh, so, yeah, oysters, that's just a bunch of crap. Nobody's living it, nobody's loving it, and nobody's eating it on purpose. Okay, Landon, this one hits a little bit closer to home, and it's actually a little more palatable of a food. We're going into that oh-so-popular tailgate activity of eating calf fries. But, Landon, break it down for us. Now, you've had calf fries. Oh, huevos de toro, yeah. I've, I've had those before. <laughs> Eggs of the pizza bull, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody that went to Tech, Texas Tech had, had those at the celebration known as calf rice. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we actually have a big uh, a big uh, outing called the calf fry, and it's spelled with a K for some reason. I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess that's... I don't know why that is, but uh, it is what it is. So we saw... Uh, oh, God, I just said the phrase i hate the worst but yeah so landon talk talk a little bit about that but give, give us a texture give us a consistency give us a uh, best way to prepare testicles off of a bovine species well it's as far as on the food chain it's de- you're definitely eating some low-hanging fruit <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would say that, it's, that's why you have so many followers <laughs> i would say it's kind of like the like a rejected chicken McNugget. It's it's the ones that it's the ones that even McDonald's won't serve. Yeah, chicken McDuck. Is it me or do they all look like boots? Like they look like you're eating a piece of Italy. Yeah, it looks like a state or something. It's definitely <laughs> you're definitely eating some some rare region of the world. Yeah. Well, speaking of rare region of something, continue on about the calf fry. Well, give us the consistency, Landon. Give us the preparation. Give us the actual harvest. Give us the harvest about it. Well, when you're branding a cow and taking away his dignity, just go ahead and... It's not a cow, Landon. (laughs) Act like you've been to the country once or twice. When you've got your male bovine, (laughs) when you're... (laughs) Can I pet your bull? (laughs) Yeah. Took the liberty of milking your cow. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. Well, Brent, the texture to me, you know, it's kind of gummy, and then you know, you chew for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you just have a have an explosion of something that tastes like chicken in your mouth. <laughs> Landon, are we talking about eating calf fries here? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to living Lord, that's what it is. Yeah, you know, the texture. It's it's an interesting texture. It's kind of, I don't know. Do you go in eating calf fries expecting to expect what a testicle tastes like? I mean. They're, if they're prepared correctly and you put enough uh, red sauce on them or, I don't know, red sauce is, I guess, the really only thing you put on there other than, you know, coated in beer. If you put enough batter on them, I guess they're all right. But once again, nobody's, you're not fooling anybody if you're going to a tailgate party thinking you're going to hook up with the number 10 sitting over there on the... <laughs> sitting over there on the curb that got left by her third-string quarterback boyfriend, and you think you're going to pick up the pieces of that Kappa Kappa Gamma over there. You know, you're going to stroke her hair. You're not. You're going to walk over there with a half-eaten calf nut sitting out of the bu- corner <laughs> corner of your mouth, and she's going to look up at you and start screaming rape. But, yeah, so uh, it's once again, you're not impressing me. You're not impressing this podcast. Let's just put it that way. You may be impressed, and I'm like, what are we, in our upper 30s now, Landon? So, yeah, 
we don't get impressed too much anymore. You know, maybe back when we were 21, 22, when uh, we actually thought we had a shot with the 10, but <laughs> we ended up marrying 10s anyway, so the joke's on everybody else. So anyway, yeah, calf fries, calf testicles, you name it. They, you know, they harvest them. You know, you go out there, you put them on a calf cradle, lob, lob them over on their side. You cut that uh, scrotilia open, and then you just start yanking. And um, I'm trying to wonder, trying to decide whether it's better if you yank and just if they're little enough, they just kind of come on out, or if it's a better if it's a knife cut. Uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody can tweet to us uh, if they uh, have a preference on their calf fry on how it's harvested. So, yeah, calf fries, it's a hard it's a hard thing to get past. But once you get enough, you know, bud lights and bush lights in you, you're going to – you ain't going to care. I mean, all you're going to care is how many – you know, if your team covers a spread here in about two hours as you walk from the 400-degree parking lot to the stadium that's three miles away. Since we went to Texas Tech and we have the biggest campus in the freaking solar system. So yeah, Landon, we've gone too far, and uh, let's go. You know, a couple other things that we've never, I've never had: Car- caviar, escargot. That's just more eggs, and that's just what escargot. That's what snails, Landon. I mean, you can go out there. What is it? A, a plate of escargot basically looks like your windshield after you went through like three miles of heavy, heavy moth traffic. <laughs> Gosh dang, man! Talking about that, we did that the other night. It was unreal. You know, it's it's a hard world we live in, Landon, but, you know, somebody's got to do it. But, yeah, you know, you all these high people that are living large and drinking wine and eating caviar and escargot, that, you cannot tell me that stuff tastes anything different than a muddy shoe. It's a muddy shoe, maybe if you dragged it through, I don't know, the uh, men's bathroom of Midnight Rodeo <laughs> with some people that have low pressure. So, yeah, it doesn't taste good. Uh, you know, and we, I talked a little bit last week about liver and onions and how I accidentally got liver and onions. You should never be disappointed or shocked by picking up a food in a family style restaurant or, you know, just a, a local cafe style restaurant and get completely shocked as to what you're biting into. So liver and onions, I mean, they're not even, not only do they taste bad, they're not good for you either. Most of the time if something tastes like crap or garbage, usually it's like the best thing in the world to eat. Like celery. I wouldn't eat celery with your mouth, Landon. <laughs> yeah, what what does that comedian say about celery? It, you get four calories from it, and it takes six calories to process it. He <laughs> says, says, that sounds like slow suicide to me. <laughs> yeah. That's like sharpening your knife the whole time before you, you burn more calories sharpening your knife than cutting down your wrist. That's awful. Anyway, so yeah, uh, liver and onions, you better not be shocked by anything that you eat at the uh, local cafe. Moving on down the list, we've got some pig's feet in there. One, uh, I was an intern in uh, Washington, D.C. one summer back when I was in college, and um, we lived right net. We were two, we were a block away from the Capitol building, and you cannot imagine how close the ghetto is to our nation's capital, our uh, legislative branch. And um, so we went to the unsafe Safeway, we called it. And I've never seen a grocery store that was so... so uh, fortified so nobody could get their shopping carts out in the uh, parking lot. I mean, they had these big freaking metal curbs and those big round bars that keep you from crashing into Pack-A-Sack and all that good stuff. But we walked in there, and I saw the biggest selection of pig's feet, pig ears. I mean, it was unbelievable. The select, I mean, it wasn't just like one variety. They had like hamps and durox. And <laughs> they had some blue-butted gilt hogs feet, pig's feet in there. And which brings me to another story. One I hear about oh, four or five years ago, my brother-in-law's one of his hands. They uh, 
they're from Mexico. And anyways, they thought they'd go ahead and uh, butcher a hog, and then uh, they make some pork skins. And uh, anyway, so uh, they made some pork skins. And they had some pig ears and and the tail, Landon, the tail. And it's like we said last week: the grosser the body part got, oh, the more delicacy it was. The more you know, just how gifted you are to be able to. Uh, eat this piece of garbage it's like so yeah we got some of the skin and it all has still had hair in it landon i mean it didn't have a lot of hair but it had some and some is like it might as well be the back seat of bigfoot's molting season in his you know in his 79 camaro because this was nasty i was like oh yeah man try that try that ear man that's the best part man is the, and then we moved to the tails like, oh, man, wait, man, I forgot, man, this is the best. It was like I was sitting there with Radar Ricardo and Diego, and they were just like copping off a buffet of fine foods from their native country. And I just, it was nasty. And I'm just sitting there like, no, you know very damn well this isn't good. I don't care what country you're from and what free world you move to. This isn't good in any country. And so it just proves my point that no, crappy foods are crappy foods. And that's all they are. Landon, please get me off this ledge before I start jumping off of it. Don't eat that pig's tail, Brent. <laughs> That's the only thing I've gotten to hold on to in life, Landon, is a, is a greasy pig's, pig's tail that was a, coming out of a five-gallon bucket of canola oil. It wasn't canola oil. It was bush light oil. But, yeah, anyway, it was it was a delicate delicate situation, to say the least. But we acted grateful, as you're supposed to, in this, in this nice world. So, yeah, gross foods. You uh, take it for what it's worth. So we've got a little time left here. Landon's got to go to his softball game. What do you got to man the the uh, cotton ball stand? What 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 is your position there? I'm the pitcher, Brent. Yeah, and I'm the pitcher, and we're a pretty good team. We're called Here for Beer. Here for Beer, huh? That's uh, like three different kind of English uh, modes of language there. The onomatopoeia and the <laughs> redundancy and the all that good stuff. And once again, appreciate the invite for playing. It's not my choice, Brent. I'm sorry. You're the pitcher. That's like the number. That's like one on the playlist. That's where they put the old man that can't move anymore. Uh-huh. You're like the youngest one on there. Don't give me that garbage. No, I'm the oldest. Well, okay, yeah. You aren't as young as you used to be. Well, let's have a little quick debate, Landon. Alcohol. Alcohol does not taste good. I'm sitting here drinking a Bud Light right now, and it's all right, but let's just go through this experiment right now. Let's say you're coming in from a hot day, and there's two bottles, and they're all pa- both painted black, and one's got beer in it, and one's got lemonade in it, and you accidentally grab the beer, and what's your first reaction going to be? It's not going to be, oh, so refreshing. When you're expecting something refreshing and it comes out as fermented wheat or barley, you're not going to, you're going to jump back. You're going to jump back, Landon. You can say whatever you want, but that's just, that's just my side of the story. Now your side, your retort. I think beer is delicious and I think it's better than lemonade for sure. But I will agree with you that whiskey and oh, scotch and all those liquors, I don't, I don't like those. I just drink beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a fine, this is a fine scotch. This is a 1987 scotch. It's like this. T- <laughs> this tastes like high interest rates. That's all this thing tastes like. That and pure gasoline that somebody actually accidentally spilled ethanol in it. There is no such thing as a good scotch, a good whiskey. If there was, you wouldn't sip it. You would gulp that crap down like it was last week's cherry limeade. 
I mean, come on, a good scotch. Oh, this is Earl in wine. That's my now wine. Wine is a little different. It can actually taste not terrible if you eat the right amount of chocolate with it. Or I mean, I know cheese goes well with it, but I mean, wine does not taste good by itself. I mean, unless you're just a complete alcoholic and you've got the box out and then you pull the that bag that's got the tap in it that franzia and you're just freaking motorboating around the sea with your circle of friends and you're just squeezing the bag out of the tap and like the tap can't handle the pressure so it blows up and so now you're drinking out of like the ripped open plastic bag of wine that's gotta be that lana that was a pretty low point in your life wasn't it that one saturday afternoon that was a long day <laughs> no the, the first time i ever tried crown royal i'm not going to reveal my age but I didn't know what a shot was. I just thought you grabbed it and drank it. And so <clears throat> first time I ever tried Crown Royal, somebody just handed me the bottle and I took a big old swig. And oh. that was about one of the last shots I've ever taken in my life. Oh. But I'm not I'm not over here saying that, that beer is so good that I want to put it on top of my ice cream. But I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying anything that I can drink fifteen or sixteen of in one day can't be can't can't taste that bad. Oh, if you need Landon, he's here to babysit your kids any Saturday afternoon. 15 or 16. The sad thing about that is, is I believe what you just said. I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. <laughs> I've seen you drink a beer a hole one time on the golf course, Landon. That's not true, Brent. All right. Well, it was every fairway you hit, which I guess that's really not very many. Yeah. So alcohol, there's no such thing as a good scotch or a good whiskey. And y'all can tweet at me all you want. Actually, I hope you do because nobody ever tweets at us about our podcast episodes. So this is really just kind of a lure or a little bait to get y'all in here. But no, no, you're just, you may be willing to spend $15 for a little tumbler of scotch without on ice, you know, but if you have to chase something like tequila is the worst. Tequila is just next to rainwater and Tijuana on a I don't know after a mudslide or something because that stuff is nasty yeah women drink the hell out of it margaritas I never got that especially in college man they take those tequila shots they acted like they loved the hell out of that stuff and that wasn't like their last drink of the night that was like the first drink that was like how they got started that night I don't you just don't have a good day after that oh I just don't I don't believe it Landon you're all out of stuff, Landon. I think we're all out of stuff. I'm all out of stuff. So we're going to call it a day because we're getting long anyway. We hope you've enjoyed this debate of alcohol, crappy foods that are actually crappy foods. And Landon, I will concede beer is probably all right. It kind of tastes decent, but it doesn't taste awesome. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> I always love the guys in college that would have a heart attack if you like spilled a beer, like you just dropped the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Like, party foul, party foul. I always wanted to throat punch those guys with, like, a ball-peen hammer. Like, dude, get over it. It's not It's not that expensive. Yeah, we're broke college kids, but we're still not, you know, we're not out there turning tricks out there to get a to get an 18 of stones. Yeah, I always, I always hated the guys that talked about how great Milwaukee's best was, and mm-hmm. my response to that every time was, I'd sure hate to taste Milwaukee's worst. <laughs> yeah, if that's their best. I mean, their worst has got to be Dahmer, so, you know. <laughs> It's like, did you drink that at your parents' divorce meeting? <laughs> All right. I think we've offended enough people today. So, hey, until next time, we hope everybody's enjoyed this. And, um, Landon, it's always great to do this thing with you, even though we've tried about 15 different times on this new setup down here in the basement. So, everybody, you keep listening, you keep downloading, and we'll ask you, what side of the line are you on? The Dryline Farmer Podcast brought to you by... 
Dr. Henry's Toilet Screen Health Gauge. If you've got problems with number two, we're the phone call for you. The Dryline Farmer Podcast, all rights reserved, 2018.